Welcome to the Future Belongs to Creators. I'm your host, Nathan Berry. I'm the CEO at ConvertKit, and I'm joined by my co-host, Barrett Brooks. He's the COO here at ConvertKit, and we're on a mission to help creators earn a living. This show is about turning anxious energy into creative output during times of uncertainty. Today on The Future Belongs to Creators, the show is brought to you by ConvertKit, as well as Barrett's dogs, Hank and Zoe. They paid a steep sponsorship fee in order to get food and treats today. Are we done tweeting so that we can get back to regularly scheduled programming? Here we are with host Nathan Barry. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. So today we're talking about high demand e-commerce product ideas to sell in 2020. Um, So we're going to go through a bunch of different ideas that we have. This is based on an article that us and our team have written and and built on over time. Um, But before we dive into that, Barrett, red, yellow, green, how are you doing today? Oh, you know, let's see. Let's call it green. I'll call it chartreuse. I'll go with the chartreuse of the... uh, that's an inside joke for those of you that have been around a long time. But anyways, the skies are blue. The temperature is moderate to hot in Portland, Oregon. Beautiful Portland, Oregon, which is nice. We have not been doing much on weekends. And so weekends kind of just feel just like the weekday. It's just I don't sit in front of the computer all day. We should probably try and fix that, but it's very difficult to do. So anyways, I'm going to try and actually do something next weekend. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, otherwise, good energy, you know, had a little bit of coffee. Our car got uh, ruffled through the other night by someone. I guess we didn't lock it. There Hmm. wasn't anything in there. But I've had Google Nest cameras sitting by the front door in their boxes forever. And so finally this weekend, I scheduled the uh, person to come out and install them because I didn't have the time to do it. And he came out this morning. So, you know, now our car can still get ruffled through, but we'll at least know who did it, I suppose. (laughs) You can watch it happen in real time. Oh, man. Yeah, it is funny, those things that sit on the list for a long time, and you're like, I'll totally get around to doing that sometime later, soon? I don't know. It's not that it's not a priority. It's just that there's so many other things going on. Indeed. How are you doing, Nathan? I'm good. I say I'm green. Went camping this weekend. That was really fun. And you're going next weekend. It's like you're addicted. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The one next weekend we've had planned for a long time. We got our reservations six months ago to the day, like, and actually to the second, like 8 a.m. six months ago, I was like hitting the button on recreation.gov to try to get those spots. Yeah, camping's been really fun. We rented a travel trailer for the first time. We'll go for highs and lows really quick on this. So the highlight is when you show up, you know, like if you need to put the kid down for a nap, there's already a bed, like all set up and ready to go. Like, you know, it's so great. And same thing when you leave, right? Everything, just put it in the trailer. There's no folding up tents. Lowe's would be backing a 25-foot trailer. There are plenty of people in this world who have experience with those things. I am not one of them, and it is challenging. I had to like pause for a second and go, Nathan, you've spent most of your life in front of a computer. Just because you can't back a trailer does not mean you are not a talented, capable human. <laughs> you know, sort of this like little pep talk of like, okay, you're not dumb or bad. You're just bad at this because you haven't done it before. <laughs> and it worked out just fine. But uh, we're going to do it again this, this weekend and it'll, it'll be better. <laughs> well, glad you made it out of there without a big dent in the side of your truck or something from, uh, or yes. maybe you did. I, that's for another time. Okay. That's our allotted five minutes of uh, mess around time. So 
Let's get into the topic of the day, which is digital product ideas to earn a living as a creator. As everyone hopefully knows by now, we launched ConvertKit Commerce recently. This is one of the most high-ranking blog posts on the uh, ConvertKit marketing site. So I figured we could combine those two things and talk about a bunch of ideas that we have for people to create a product. I think sometimes when you're first getting started, especially, or maybe when you're coming from services and trying to move into products, you know, just when you're getting started selling stuff online, it can be a little bit like, wait, so I can just put a file up and people will pay for it. I remember we do this series called, uh, well, previously it was called I Am A Blogger. We did a coffee table book and interview series and series of documentaries. And that's turned into a series called I Am A Creator now. And one of the interviews I did was with um, Courtney Slaznik, who is a photographer. She teaches other parents how to capture great memories with their kids through photography. She said, she was telling the story of the first time she put a product up. She like made a PDF guide to taking good photos. And she's she's like all animated telling the story. And she's like, yeah, so I created the file and I like uploaded it and I tweeted it out or she didn't tweet it. I don't remember what she did. I shared it with my email list. And then like people started buying it. And my husband got home that evening and I was like, babe, is this really like, do people really buy PDFs on the internet? Or something like that. And I just, it was the perfect encapsulation of what it's like to sell something for the first time. And so anyways, yes, people do buy things, especially if you create them well and make them valuable to solve a problem or serve a goal that someone has. And I figured we could dump in, dump in, jump in to a bunch of good ideas of digital products that we have since we've been around the block a time or two. Yeah. Oh, there's so many. We're going to start with eBooks because I think they're an easy place to to default to. But I really want us to start there so we can get out of the way and then focus on so many other things, right? Because it's really easy to get caught up in ebooks and I'm not downplaying them at all. I think it, all things being equal, it might be the best product for you to start to create. I just want us to think beyond that. And I think we could become a lot more, a lot more creative with it. So I'm going to run through it, take a slightly different approach with ebooks. And instead of brainstorming ideas, I'm going to throw out some headline formats or title formats. And then that might see for individuals, um, if that sparks an idea of what you could teach. So this is like fill in the blank. So it'd be like the blank handbook, right? So that's what I did. The app design handbook. Another one would be bootstrapping. There's a book called bootstrapping design. So bootstrapping blank, like what's the, the thing that you could teach where it's like, Hey, let me show you how to do this yourself. Mastering, whatever, fill in the blank. Learn blank from scratch, you know, so learn web development from scratch. Professional, fill in the blank, how to, the principles of, the complete guide to, discover, you know, and so you get the idea, right? Oh, there's a few of these that you don't have to come up with some crazy sophisticated title or anything like that. Instead, it just drops you into, all right, what, what comes to mind here? You know, like I think of, uh, there's this uh, converted customer, his name is Pete Keen who wrote a book called Mastering Modern Payments. And it was super, super focused on how to build a Ruby on Rails application that integrates with Stripe and does all of that. And went into plenty of detail. And, you know, he just used this format. He was like, what should the title be? How to set up Stripe? No, no. And then he saw the mastering example. And he's like, oh, Mastering Modern Payments, let's go. So that's kind of the first thing is I'd run through some of those ideas and see if one stands out to you for creating an ebook title. Yeah, I like that. Some other ideas there are that those are all very teaching focused, which is obviously great. Some other options are to create, for example, a book of essays. 
essay writing has become more and more popular uh, as digital publishing has continued to trend higher and higher. Someone like David Perel would be a good example of this. I'm trying to think of who else is more of like an essay writer. But I, I think back to like Ralph Waldo Emerson or, or even like Alexander Hamilton with the Federalist Papers. I mean, those are really just a series of essays. And I, I think one thing I've been thinking a lot about is that the, the web is chock full of how-to stuff. And there's plenty of room for more people to write about that, but there's also plenty of room to write in other formats. And one of the things I love about digital books is number one, people have a habit of buying them already. And so if you're writing a book for 10 bucks, 20 bucks, something like that, like people already know to expect to buy those things. If you put it in a format where they can get it on their Kindle, they can get it on whatever device they're reading on. It makes it really easy to be part of that reading habit that they already have. And something like a book of essays or a fan fiction, or even if you're a fiction writer, like a digital book is a way to skip the gatekeepers of the publishing industry. And so really any genre of writing works on this. And if you're building, like I think about, like there's some other alternate universe where I just write nature essays or something like that, like uh, odes to the natural world. And I'd build an audience just on that. Like people will buy that stuff as just joyful reading. You know, they're not always necessarily trying to improve themselves. So that's another way that you could go about eBooks. And, and it might even stand out because I very less often see books of things like essays or short stories or poems even compared to how-to books online. So yeah. just a thought there. Something else, I really like the grouping of essays because I think that Let's take an example like um, Joshua Becker, who has a site called Becoming Minimalist. He's got, you know, a lot of his writing is a lot more of this essay, essay style. And yes, he's teaching things, but he could even write more of a journey style piece, right? Where, or maybe it's him, he's first getting started and he's got a series of essays that he's written on his site that have done well. But he could write more of, a, of uh, his journey. This is from Arvid Call, and he wrote a book called Zero to Sold which it's definitely a how-to, right? How to start, run, and sell a bootstrap business, but it's his story. Or actually another one, if we're going pure journey, one that I really enjoyed, and I'm going to have to look it up who the author was exactly. It was someone here in Boise, but he just wrote the story of going to, um, of hiking the Camino de Santiago. Um, August is coming to say hi. And so it's, you know, I think he spent 30 days to hike it. And, and he he went with a print book on this self-published, right? But a digital book of telling that story of, hey, this was my experience going on this, you know, ancient pilgrimage and who I met and everything along the way. And I thoroughly enjoyed reading it. I didn't learn, you know, tactical things from it. But I think that was a great example of sharing a journey. Anything that transformed you? Barry, you always ask a question about like, personal transformations in the work setting because it brings out good stories in people. But if you were asked that of yourself of like, okay, what are the moments personally and professionally that changed you? And if things come to mind and you realize, oh, that's a good story, like write that down. And then if you have even a small audience, you know, package it up, um, do some little sketches or illustrations or something or hire someone to do that. And then you've got like, you don't have to sell it for a ton of money. Our point is to get out there and be selling a product. And so it might be $9, you know, that you're selling it for, but it's your story and it's out there. Um, and I would love reading more stories of personal transformations. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, you know, I mean, memoirs, I mean, we're, we're, we're social creatures. Like we love the stories of other human beings who inspire us in some way. Um, I think I mentioned this maybe 
last week, yeah, on Friday, I mentioned a book that I'm reading right now called Closer to the Ground. And it's structured just in seasons about this man and his family foraging, fishing, um, growing food. And it's it's like such light, easy, enjoyable reading. It's such a nice break from the like deep, intensive, how to, how to build business strategy and all this other stuff that uh, you and I typically read together. And um, it's just so relatable. Like it's, it's, it's okay to just do something cause you enjoy it, you know, and that's as much as anything advice for myself. So sometimes just making stuff people will enjoy is great. Okay. We said we wouldn't go forever on eBooks. Let's go to the next thing. Yeah. So our next one is, um, we have a list as design assets and stock photos, video music. This is basically what are the things that you use that could give someone else a shortcut? How do you give them a leg up? So this could be Lightroom presets, you know, any of those things, fonts, you know, so like Charlie, for example, uh, she's a designer on the convert team. She went and made her own font partially to learn, but also partially because she wanted this font to exist. And she's been, you know, hand lettering that stuff in her designs. She's like, Hey, this should exist um, and live out there. And if it's going to, then I should make it easier for other people. Like the entire website, creativemarket.com is all about this. And there's so many times, like I was working on a design, I don't know, four or five months ago, and I needed a stamp illustration. Like it just needed a little postcard in the corner and I could go custom draw all that, or I could, you know, find one and scan it in and, and then recreate it in vector. Or I could go spend $5 on a creative market and just get the thing that I need and be right along. And so those sort of things, I basically look at your workflow as a professional and say, what do I do that could speed things up for someone else? Yeah. I think about this almost like, um, ingredients in a cooking recipe, you know, to make any dish, you need five or six ingredients and they all come together and they make a great thing, right? Well, that's why companies started making pancake mix or why they started making brownie mix or whatever. And so all you're doing is you're getting people closer to a finished product of some kind using your skill set. And so I think about even simple things like a collection of options for lower thirds in videos, lower thirds being like labeling a speaker on the screen or, or calling out a topic or something like that. If, yeah, if you're a photographer, like stock photography is a great option here. If you could do packs that are kind of like themed around cafe work, cafe working or hikes in the beautiful mountains or whatever, where you can create an aesthetic for people. And what I love about doing this independently, like, yes, the marketplaces are good. You know, you think about things like Skillshare and Udemy and all of that for online courses, like, yes, it might get you some exposure, but the most successful course creators I know actually just build their own audience and sell directly to them. The same thing is true of digital assets, like uh, design assets like this, where if you can build an audience around your skill set, Charlie's a great example. People watch her YouTube channel because she's a talented designer. Now you make a font and instead of putting it next to 500 other fonts, it's just, do you want to buy my font? And that is way more powerful as a purchasing decision instead of trying to be discovered in the long tail on some marketplace, which is not a bad thing. It might be an okay place to go, but it's like the difference between having like a bespoke custom, I don't know, clothing business versus being on Amazon selling white t-shirts. You know, those are, that's the difference between the two. And if you're building an audience that wants to hear from you, they're just, they want to give you money on some level. And you just need a way to give for them to give you money. And if they can also gain something from it, like an ingredient to make a finished product, it's a great way to earn some money. Yep. That's so good. And there's a bunch of options in there. 
Like another example would be as a video creator, I may not also be a composer or musician. And so I need good songs. And so that's where if you create and say, okay, these are songs that are made for this type of film or vlog or anything like that, it's going to make a big difference. Yep. Teddy asked if Figma files would be a good category. So I want to show one of those. This one is also by a ConvertKit customer and it's called FlowKit. And this is something that makes it super easy to make these like user flow diagrams with the little arrows and the dashed lines and all of that kind of thing. And he's got it, you know, where you can pull it right into Figma and, you know, pull in the different examples and go from there. So, you know, any of these tools that are basically going to speed up that whole process and make it um, easier are a great fit. Yeah, totally. Um, great example. I love the music example too. Like, oh man, I know we talk about it all the time, but just the web has enabled so much creativity to funnel revenue right back to creators instead of like music has so many gatekeepers. There are so many middle people in the music industry. And if you're a composer or a producer or like a DJ or whatever, you can create stuff either as background music or just albums, which maybe we'll go there next. Like create an album, sell it directly to the people who listen to you. Like go play a hundred live shows, get people's email addresses when you play them and then send them an email and say, Hey, I just recorded my EP and it can be five songs or whatever for seven bucks. But now you know that you can go from I make music to I make money from music. And that is a powerful transformation. And that just wasn't possible five, 10 years ago. Like maybe five years ago, definitely 10 years ago, it really wasn't. And now all you have to do is you have to have this small dedicated audience and you can go from, you don't have to have a label person, a label executive say, yes, you're good enough that we're going to give you a big contract. You can just go make your music and sell it. And yeah, you might have some production costs and that's the hard part, right? Is doing enough to meet that quality bar, that like taste bar that we talked about on whatever past episode that was um, of taste versus ability. But if you can meet that taste bar just high enough for that first couple of those first couple products, now you get those funds coming in, you can keep investing in yourself. I don't know if there's any place where that's more prevalent than music. Maybe documentary films is the other one where people can just, you can go straight to the people who want it. And I think that's pretty awesome. Anyways, I went off on a rant there. So albums would be my other one. You know, record an album, put it into a format where people can add it to their, you know, iTunes library or Spotify library or whatever, and um, and sell it directly. Like that works too. And then, you know what I love in this case is you can combine this with creating kind of a souvenir version. So with a book, with an album, with a documentary film, people are like, people are nostalgic. You know, they like, the past. And so there's a couple of things you can play on here. One, you can play on nostalgia. Two, you can play on uh, kind of like exclusivity. And so let's say you do a digital version of your book or your album or your documentary. Well, you can also do like a record version and just do a hundred of them. And you can get the digital version for like eight bucks, but the record version, now that's going to cost you a hundred because it's beautiful. And I got like original artwork done for the little cover thing. And there's only so many of them. And so this is for the super fans. And I love the idea as your audience continues to grow of making a version for the super fans, because it can actually make you more money in a lot of cases than the basic version. And people love it. They want to be the collector who gets the limited edition of the thing. Yeah, it's so good. Let's see, Noah just dropped in and said journalism. And that sparked an idea. So I've been listening to this podcast called Business Wars. 
I'll share it. Maybe, maybe we'll just cut ahead and that'll be my resource of the day. Uh, but basically it's about these times in business, uh, you know, where like Amazon versus Walmart, like Bumble versus match or these other, as a journalist, right. You would be often, let me do a story, a profile piece on this person. Let me do a breaking news piece on this or that kind of thing. And you might have all of that, but this would be an example of whatever medium you choose doing a deep dive. Maybe it's a short ebook. Maybe it's exclusive access in some other way, or maybe it's a video version of doing a deep dive on some little part of history. You know, it could be something that, that's as relevant as a few years ago, like in some of these, or it could be much longer ago, right? If um, like you and I are both big hardcore history fans and if he released versions that were exclusively requiring payment, actually, he, I mean, he basically did, right? So Dan Carlin, when he came out with his book, The End is Always Near, a regular episode of Hardcore History is, I don't know what, two to 20 hours, something like that. So when he comes out with a book that's eight hours and you've got to pay 10 or $12 for it on Audible, that's basically a paid version. That's him he would say he's a historian, right? Not a journalist. Actually, he wouldn't even call himself a historian. But that's basically taking that and going that next level, right? And so if there's some some story that you're fascinated with and you want to tell that in detail as a journalist or a storyteller or anything like that, then that could be a great standalone product. Yeah, yeah. The other thing that I was thinking when you're talking about the albums is like the, that behind the scenes edition. So if let's say you had a small audience. Let's say you have a thousand followers and you're coming out with the album, but you want to make the album as accessible as possible. So, and so you're like, I want to release it for free because I don't have enough people yet to make money from it. Maybe you could do a two part thing, right? Where the album is free, but then there's that behind the scenes or that collector's edition or something else that has the film of you in the studio, like making this song, you know, recording or breaking down each song or those kind of details, because that gives you, something mass market to grow the audience and the fan base, and then something exclusive to earn money on. Yeah. And what I love about that is you can take cues from like these big name creators, whether it's uh, Beyonce, Taylor Swift, whoever, they do this, right? You see them, they'll record a documentary at this point in their career is a full documentary. But before that, it was just like behind the scenes kind of video of everything, the live version of the music video or um, the live version of the recording session is such a great point because you don't have to be as big as them to have the same kinds of assets. They might not be the same production quality because you're not going to pay a million dollars to get it done, but they can have the same value to your audience. And that's really what you want to focus on there. Another example of journalism I wanted to highlight at the risk of even mentioning one of our competitors in the process, Polina Marinova Pompliano, which is a heck of a name. She is a journalist. She used to be like an institutional journalist at Fortune, went independent, and she writes a newsletter called The Profile. And it's a paid newsletter. She's got a free and a paid version. The free version just kind of gives you like some highlights every week of different people and profiles around the web that other uh, publications have written. And then I don't know how often, a couple times a month, maybe she writes an in-depth profile on an individual. So think of this as like 
one of the long form pieces in Wired Magazine or Fortune or Inc or whatever, where it would be one of the key features in one of the month's magazines. She basically writes one of those, but for just her audience. And so her audience is like startup people, business builders, um, leaders of companies who want to learn about other leaders and the stories behind them. Uh, she writes independently and sells them as a membership to where it's just like subscribing to a magazine, but you just get her work instead. It's another great example. It's just taking the skill set she had already built, which there's a lot of value in going and getting some training under some people who know what they're doing in this kind of case. And then she says, okay, I got this down. Let me go do it for myself and sell it directly to my audience instead of having the middle person. So much of the creator market is just cutting the middle people out. That's all it is. It's removing the gatekeepers and the middle people and going straight to the people who want your work. Yep, exactly. And that's where, you know, even in the, Right, we're talking about that on the sales side, but even in the direct relationships with the fan, right? Of when you're selling directly in that way, you know who bought it. You can email them and say, hey, what'd you think? You can send a follow-up email and be like, hey, could you write a review of it here? Because that will help drive more sales and so on. One that I want to make sure that we cover because to be perfectly honest, it's one that I tend to gloss over. And I think that it's so important. Um, and that is printables and workbooks. Journals, yeah. And it's... Might be one, right? Because my examples are all like, as a designer of this, right? I'm pulling from my experience. So I'm like, printables? What would I do with printables? From running an email marketing company used by thousands of teachers and everyone else and parents and everything, right? Printables are huge. Journals, everything. And so we've seen, if you look on Etsy, for example, homeschool planners are incredibly popular, right? So lesson plans, um, breaking it down of, um, okay, how are you going to plan your school day? That's something that Hillary and I are very into right now because we made the decision that it, we're homeschooling our kids this year. We're doing the half private school, but now we're going all in on homeschool because that is the home is the COVID free zone entirely. And so, you know, now we're in this world of like, oh, planners and checklists and where, where can I pay someone $5 or $10 here or there to make a day or a week of schooling much easier. And that even applies in the business sense. One of the most popular things in the premium package of authority is a 90 day launch plan where you can go in and fill in the steps and make sure you got it done at the right point. People just want to be guided through it. And yes, they want to be told in book form, right? Give me the narrative, give me the descriptions. But then other times they're like, look, just give me the do this, then that at, at, you know, as densely as possible. Another example I'd give here are, um, like I could imagine me actually doing a series of like a package of spreadsheets you need to run your business. And so it would be like the minimum viable income calculator we did, a business budgeting spreadsheet, a cash flow statement, like just a basic package of, that says, here's the stuff that every month you should fill in in your business. And things like that where you give, you're, you're just giving people a template to follow. Because so much of like every creator, as far as I know, wants to spend as little time possible doing all the other stuff and they just want to make their thing. They want to write, they want to make music, they want to play basketball, whatever their thing is. They want to get back to that. They want to cook food. And then if you can make everything else simpler, they will pay you for that. And that's a good example of it. The other thing that's been crazy popular in the past few years are journals. Like, I will, I just will not understand it. You give me a blank notebook and I can journal, 
But what I understand is that for a lot of people, it's a structured way to reflect on your life. And so if you search like best self-development journal, for example, you will find a hundred of them. And the thing is they all sell because anyone who has influence and has an audience says, here's how I think about my life. Here's how I reflect on my life. And I gave you a template in a notebook form. That's another great example of something that you could give away, not give away, sell as a product online in a digital format. Yeah, that's good. You know, what's interesting that just came to mind there is that those are giftable. And so as you're planning your product, think about what would make, take your product from as it is right now into something that's giftable, right? And journals and planners and that kind of thing. Um, you know, basically if you were to walk through anthropology, right, you're going to see a lot of those features. You're going to see a lot of, um, books along the lines of, um, uh, now I'm spacing on the names of her books, but like from Gretchen Rubin on, um, happiness or something like that, right. It feels very approachable. It feels very giftable. And that could be a good angle for any of your products. And so I would ask that question of, as I'm making this, what would tip it over into that category of now it's giftable? Yeah, yeah, I love that. Okay, one more little grouping here, I think, is templates and scripts. So this is another interesting one. Probably one of the best examples of this uh, that I know of would be StudioPress and their WordPress themes. You don't have to, it doesn't just have to be website templates, but um, it could be like an email template for ConvertKit is another great example. There's all kinds of different ways you can go about this. Uh, Another thing would be like a template for writers. If you're going to write a blog post, here's 10 templates for different types of writing formats. We, We had an episode a while back, like six different formats for great podcast episodes and blog articles making a package of those templates where someone just goes through and they fill in the blanks. So it's like the social shareables, the title, the SEO title, the body, the call to action, you know, whatever. And people will buy that stuff, you know, maybe not for a hundred bucks, but for five bucks. Yeah. Now a website theme, people will pay a hundred bucks for that because if they find exactly what they want and it captures the aesthetic they're going for, again, it removes a barrier. If you're not a designer and you're trying to create something that meets your taste, but you don't have the ability, having someone else create a template where you can come in and fill in the blanks is a really powerful thing. Yeah. So as we're talking about some of those things, a a font, you know, some of these other digital products, you know, a preset, any of those things, those are saying like as a professional or an you know intermediate in my craft, I want something that's going to make this 5% faster, 25% faster, you know, somewhere in that range. And I'm willing to pay a bit for that. A template is kind of the other side and say, as a beginner, as a novice, I want something that's going to do 90% of the work for me and I'm willing to pay more for it. And so that's you know, where templates are going to be really big. So, you know, as you mentioned, website templates, any of those things, little plug in ConvertKit, if you are good at building out automations and writing, say like onboarding sequences, welcome sequences, any of that, those are all shareable. So you could go into ConvertKit. This is actually kind of fun. You could go into ConvertKit and make, you know, five perfect welcome sequences for authors where they plug in their different details. And then you could sell that through ConvertKit Commerce to authors. And someone's coming in and saying like, yeah, everyone's been telling me I need to have a welcome sequence before my new book comes out, but that just seems like so much work. And then they're like, oh, for $20, I could buy this template and it was telling me how to plug it in. They're like, insert story here, you know, sample chapter goes there and guide someone through the process and they would totally be willing to pay for it. 
Yeah, I love that. I love that. One that came to mind for me as well, maybe this might go back more to the workbook one than the template. My friend Dave Bruns runs a site called excelljet.net, I think. I think it's .net. And as it might sound like, it's just like a canonical resource for Excel. And if you work in finance, operations, you have a personal budget for your home life, like whatever. If you ever go in Excel, it is an incredible resource for learning formula structure and basically anything you can do there. He's got these little cheat cards. He's got courses that he sells, which is one thing, but he's got these little cheat sheets that he sells. They're like 10 bucks and they're laminated sheets that you could just set on your desk, especially if you're in Excel a lot. And it's just all the shortcuts and maybe little formula breakdowns as well. Oh man, what a great resource to just have on your desk right there. If you're a finance professional or something like that, just having these little things that make your job easier are fantastic. Yeah. So one of my favorite things is taking any of these ideas, right? Because as you read through it, you know, maybe you're like, oh, that's been done before. Someone's done that. And so it's like, okay, what's the version of that for your industry? If I'm in After Effects all day long, right? I'm a professional there. Those cheat sheets might not exist. They might be everywhere in the Excel world or they might be everywhere somewhere else, but in cooking for After Effects for any of these other things, maybe that doesn't exist. Even if it does exist, maybe it could be done better. Maybe it could be done with your unique flavor. And so always taking these things and saying, that's interesting. How could I translate it to my audience, my niche, you know, and my line of products? Yep. Yep. That's exactly it. And then the last one, we'd be remiss if we didn't highlight online courses. I mean, there's still a thing. The reality is that one of our core values as a company, one of the things that you espoused in your career as a creator is teach everything you know. And the reason is that human beings have always relied on oral and written tradition to learn things from other human beings. As far back as time goes, we have been teaching each other how to do stuff. And that teaching is valuable. Information on its own, like data, is it will go to zero in terms of value over time because it will become more and more accessible the more people that know how to do something. But the more specialized your knowledge and the more you can build your personality into what you teach and your personal story, the more unique value it has. It doesn't matter if you can go to howto.com or whatever, or wikihow.com and read how to install a light bulb. If you're like a grandpa or a grandma who is teaching their theoretical grandkids on YouTube how to do stuff around the house, that personality is what people are going to buy. It's not that they can go learn it anywhere. It's that they can learn it from you. And I think that's the key value proposition to keep in mind with courses and teaching online is, yes, the information itself can be purchased or even gotten for free in a lot of different places. But the way you teach it, the enthusiasm you teach it with, the resources you accompany that teaching with, that is what people are paying for. Yeah, that's so good. And I think as we, as we start to wrap up, I would just notice the overlap between all of these. We'll drop the link to the article that uh, we wrote on the ConvertKit blog that goes into a ton of detail. But we sort of outlined these as distinct categories. But then as you heard us talk about them, notice how they overlap so much, right? It might be that you already have a course and you're like, what's the worksheet or the template or something like that that goes with it that's going to provide that shortcut? Or it might be that you have uh, earned your living, for example. I'm going to throw out an example of Kyle Webster who made all these fancy brushes for Photoshop. You know, so all these digital artists use Photoshop and he was like, hey, let me make you know, watercolor brushes and every different kind of brush that you might buy. Well, he has this incredible opportunity once he builds, builds an audience there 
that he could go, oh, well, then let me do the course that teaches you how to actually use them, right? These things go hand in hand. He didn't end up doing that because his brush business ended up getting purchased by Adobe, which is pretty wild. They were like, that's great. Let's build those into Photoshop. And so they just bought his whole company. But it just goes to show that there's so much power in creating these resources and then finding that overlap in teaching and training and how to use them. Creator of the day. I don't actually have a creator of the day. It's a little disappointing after <laughs> such great music. Um, for a resource <laughs> of the day, I am going to go with Story Wars, Business Wars, Business Wars. I don't know if I could even say it correctly, that would help. I'm pretty new to the podcast, uh, just listening through it, look, listening through the Amazon versus Walmart one. But there's just these short little episodes, 20 to 25 minutes uh, divided up. So like a season will be focused on one particular thing. I'm super interested to dive in. I think I'm going to pick Uber versus Lyft next. Because I think there's just so much behind the scenes that you're you're totally going to miss at the high level. So you know what? They're creators. So they're my creators and resource of the day. <laughs> I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to highlight Polina again. I mentioned earlier, but readthe.profile.com. Polina Marinova, really fantastic writer. She covers some stories that are inspiring. One of the things that the reason I recommend this is you can read how-to information until you're blue in the face. And at some point, learning more is not the thing holding you back. It's actually the doing. And what I have found is when I know a lot of what I need to know, but I'm not putting it in action, reading stories about other people who have done things that I admire or that uh, have like broken through some barrier they thought they had is what keeps me going. It's like what motivates me. And so, so much of what I seek out in my information diet now are books, number one, long form, very long form books, ideally that are older, like didn't just come out and everyone's reading them. And then profiles of people. And that can be in documentary form, written form, podcast form. But what I learned from people's stories ends up being as applicable as anything I can learn from a how-to standpoint at this point in my career. Like, yes, I'm always going to have a learning project that's like pick up more skills, but the stories is what keeps me motivated to keep showing up. So the profile is a great resource. Obviously there are many ways to do this, but uh, I'd check it out and at least give it a shot. Yeah. On the story side of things, I had a thought and it is leaving my brain. So you want to be more productive. We all want to be more productive. Who doesn't want to be more productive? Exactly. A lot of what I would tend to do is like, oh, let me read some productivity articles. How do I get focused? How do I do any of that? You know what has worked for productivity and drive for me recently? You know this, Barrett, because you've done the same thing. But it's watching the Last Dance documentary. Like nothing will make you want to take on the world and be the best version of yourself as reading, watching, and learning about someone who has done that to the highest level, right? And it doesn't have to be in a crazy way. Like I'm not necessarily going to become the Michael Jordan of building companies, but I could sit around and be like, okay, let me do all my productivity techniques or any of those things. And that's not going to get me that far. But then I go watch part of that and I'm like, all right, we're going to, I'm going to win this day, you know? And so <laughs> just to emphasize your point, I think it makes a big difference. And that was when Zoom changed their live streaming YouTube settings. And that made it personal. <laughs> for anyone who's seen The Last Dance, that was for you. And that is our episode today, people. We'll see you on Friday. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Future Belongs to Creators. If you didn't pick it up from the show, we make a tool called ConvertKit 
where we're on a mission to help creators earn a living by building software that helps you build an audience of loyal fans. If you want to give ConvertKit a try, you can go to landingpage.new to launch your next creative project. You'll be able to build a landing page and send emails for up to 500 subscribers totally for free. So again, that's landingpage.new. You can get started with your free ConvertKit account today. We'll be right back.